0: See, uh, working well. We've got no sound. We do now. I've just been told we now have sound. So I'll start again by saying uh, welcome. It's just wonderful having you here uh, joining us. And I'm not sure where you find yourselves, but it's just great to be together. And thank you, Vincent and Josh, for for leading us in worship. It's great to see uh, our partnership as two churches working together like this. So just wonderful. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoyed that time. Uh, But more importantly, I I hope that it helped you focus your attention on our, our wonderful Lord and Saviour. And I want to pray now as we open up God's word just to prepare our hearts to still us. So, Father, we come to you now. And we thank you that we've been able to come already and lift our voices to you. And although we might be singing in our lounge rooms, we know that we lift up our our voices together as your community all over all over Melbourne. And we just come and we want to give you praise. We want to give you worship. We want to thank you for who you are. And now we also thank you that we can come freely and open your word. And that we can uh, be inspired and encouraged by it. That your, your Holy Spirit speaks to us you guide us and lead us as we read your word and so open our hearts lord make us uh, just just available right now lord to to be taught to be teachable prepare our hearts prepare our minds and so we come lord with anticipation with expectation that you will teach us and shape us through your word and we pray all of these things in jesus mighty name and we all say Amen. Well, we've been, uh, we've started this series called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And we started last week on, uh, looking at why. Why, why do we need to pray? And today we're going to continue at looking at this idea of how to pray. We're going to be looking at over the next few weeks at the Lord's Prayer. We're going to look at it step by step. And last week and this week, in a sense, introduce us, uh, to this prayer the Lord's Prayer, of course, the most famous of all prayers, is, is a wonderful guide for us. It's a, it's a prayer that Jesus taught. So, as we come here this morning, and as we come here over the next few weeks, essentially we're coming and we're asking our Lord Jesus Christ to teach us to pray. Now, I must admit that prayer has not been something that's come easily for myself. Uh, over many years, there, there have been troughs. <laughs> there there have been those high times and the low times in regards to my own prayer life and there was a point in my life about, I'd say about 15 years ago where I came to my knees one time and I simply cried out, Lord teach me to pray. I was really struggling and found prayer really difficult in in church settings and we'd have prayer meetings and only a handful of people would show up but then in my own life it, it was just something I found difficult and I came to the Lord simply saying, can you just teach me? The wonderful thing is we do have the Lord's Prayer, which is there for that very reason. But I can say that over the years that God has used this one prayer and revealed new things time and time again. But he's also brought people around. He's brought different Christians and different believers to encourage me in my own prayer life and to teach me new things about prayer. And that's my hope for you, that as we come to this, that you will, will find new revelations, there will be new insights for you. There might be things you've never seen before. I pray that it might inspire you and encourage you again in your own journey in prayer. Now, in some Christian traditions, the, the Lord's Prayer is often recited. Even in services, either weekly or regularly, it's often recited by the congregation. And it becomes, I guess, it becomes just a part of the way they do faith. I need to admit that in my own journey of faith, it, it was never a tradition like this. It didn't feature that regularly, and it didn't really feature that often even in my own patterns of prayer, until, like I shared in that last decade and a half, it has, became, it has become a, a staple of my prayer diet. And it's been very helpful in those times when I don't have the words. And I shared last week that uh, the very reason for this time was in this, this season we find ourselves quite a difficult season. I found myself time and time again falling to my knees, not knowing how to pray or knowing where to start. And it's in those times where I can start with this prayer with those simple words, our Father who art in heaven. And the moment I begin, I find that this prayer grounds me again, helps give me focus, gives me a place to start. And I wonder if this is a, a struggle that you find for yourself. It seems to be very normal for believers and, and last week we began our, uh, the prayer course uh, which we've, we started online And a common thing shared amongst those there was, you know what, I struggle. This isn't something I find easy. It seems to be quite normal. We often find that we compare ourselves, don't we, to those super prayers, those people that that come up maybe on stage or in services and then they speak with their eloquent words. And so often, as beautiful as they are, they often make us feel like our own prayers just don't stack up. It often makes our own prayers simply feel simple, awkward, unnatural. So we come like the disciples did to Jesus with honest hearts asking Jesus, teach us to pray. We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer as recorded in Luke and in Matthew. Today, especially, we're going to focus our attention on Matthew because Matthew includes some extra perspectives before Jesus shares the Lord's Prayer. And he helps to set a broader context and helps us to understand not just why we pray but how we are to come to the Lord in prayer. And so let's read together from Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 5. We read this. When you pray, now this is Jesus speaking, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that that is the reward that they will ever get. That is all the reward that they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. But don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. They're wonderful words. And we see a a few things that Jesus is encouraging here in regards to how we pray. The first is, is this. Keep it simple. Keep your prayers simple. And Jesus gives some, gives us an example here, a bad example. And we find this all through, through scripture that we're often given good examples. We're often also given bad examples, those people whom we should not follow. And here Jesus gives the example of those that he calls the hypocrites, is, is how he names them, how he identifies them. He identifies them as those who love to play, uh, pray publicly on street corners and, and in the synagogues where everybody can see them. And so here's Jesus' words to us this morning: Don't be like those who share prayers to be praised; those who who pray with wrong with wrong intentions. Look at me. Are the intentions revealed here? Lofty, eloquent words, but It's not the words necessarily that is at fault. It's the intention of the person. These people who look outwardly spiritual, but have inwardly selfish intentions. And there's a context here. Because although Jesus does not name them, he simply calls them the hypocrites. Jesus was targeting this critique towards the religious leaders of the day. For they would stand and cry out their prayers in public places, on on street corners or in the synagogues for all to see, and they would cry out with loud voices. And what seems like such a deeply spiritual practice is revealed to be nothing more than a show. Jesus reveals their true intentions, their prayers are a way to seek public approval. And Jesus calls them out for what they are. He calls them hypocrites. And he says they have received their reward in full. They have received the applause that they are after. And that is all the reward that they will receive, says Jesus. For all they seek is approval from the crowds. And so the encouragement here is not to pray like those who pray to be praised but to pray to be heard by an audience of one. Praying private, behind closed doors, says Jesus in verse 6. Not seeking the applause of others, but simply seeking audience with our Heavenly Father. The encouragement, praying secret, out of the eyes of others. Now, I do need to say here, you might be thinking, then why do we pray in church? Why do we have prayer meetings? And this is where context is important for the early believers still gathered together and prayed, but they did it in the quiet of their homes, in the, in the confines of their meetings. The context is important here because the examples for prayer up to this point were those who prayed for the approval of others. Jesus was, was very strong and point to point our attention to make sure our intentions were true. And so the encouragement for our lives of prayer is simply this, to keep it simple, keep it secret, out of the eyes of others, somewhere private, somewhere quiet. There are times when we talk publicly, like I am right now. There are times when we need to speak privately. And this is where God calls us. He calls us to a private place the place where we can go, where we can be, keep it simple and focus our attention on him. I'd like to share this story of Susanna Wesley. She is known as the mother of Methodism and two of her sons, both John and Charles Wesley, of course, started an amazing movement and the small group movement, which we know of today, began really under, under their leadership her health was very poor. She was born in 1669, and so this is a, quite a few years ago in a different time. But her health was very poor, and we, we know this, that her, her marriage was to a penniless preacher and was dysfunctional at best. She had sorry, She lost nine children in infancy and raised ten more, Almost single-handedly, think about that, 19 times through childbirth. Their home was burned down twice. Her husband was imprisoned twice. And yet her simple, honest and persevering prayers undoubtedly changed the world. She showed herself to be a formidable leader long before her sons John and Charles rose to fame. We, we hear in her story, we read that when her husband, the rector of Etworth Parish Church, was imprisoned for financial mismanagement, his replacement in the pulpit failed miserably to preach the gospel. And so she took matters into her own home, into her own hands, I should say. She launched a Sunday school in her own home for her own children. And before long, many other children would come and meet in her home on the Sundays and, and many of the families started to come. And before long, 200 people were gathering at her home. Of course, not inside anymore. They now met out in the barn. And people would come and they would listen to her reading sermons and singing psalms and praying. And meanwhile, the church nearby languished, almost empty. Beyond that, Suzanne also gave her children six hours of schooling a day, educating her daughters the same as her sons. Plus she gave an extra additional hour per week of undivided attention to each of her ten children. How on earth did she do all of this? How did she survive the loss of nine children, the heartbreak of a volatile marriage, without becoming broken and bitter? How did she manage such a frenetic household while also establishing a Sunday school and educating all of her children, two of whom would rise to the heights of international influence? We know this about her life. Susanna was preeminently a woman of prayer. It was as she waited upon the Lord each day that her strength was renewed again and again. And this is the part I love. None of this was easy, for there was nowhere at home she could hide away to pray. She had no private place she could escape to, and with ten children and a husband in prison, nowhere to run away. So where did she go to find time to pray? I want you to imagine this. Whenever she wanted time with the Lord, she would simply pull her apron over her head. This was her prayer room and it was known in her family and by her children that when the apron went over her head that she was spending time praying to her Lord. It was in this way she would pour out her heart to God, mourning the loss of her babies, interceding for her infuriating husband and praying for each of her children by name. Such simple maternal prayers whispered daily beneath an apron could hardly have been answered more powerfully. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful example. And so I wonder for yourself. I wonder if you have a private place. Now, so often we find prayer difficult because we're so busy or we don't have somewhere to pray. And yet when I look at the life of Susanna, I I stand with no excuse. (laughs) And so there's a challenge here for us and an encouragement to find a private place in our lives to pause and to pray out of prying eyes, time away with God so that we can be real and authentic, so we can come with pure motives, bringing our, our needs before our Lord and Saviour. So do you have a private place? I know for me personally, these places change depending on the seasons of life. At the moment with the, with the family and, and young, young kids, I actually find my night times quite precious as the kids go down and uh, I often stay up later as well after bed goes to sleep. And just walking outside in the cool of the night and looking up at the stars, that's become a private place for me in these times and over the last few years, a time just to come. End of the day, and nothing that needs to be done. Time just to sit and to pray and to cry out to God. So I wonder if you have a private place. And this week I would like to encourage you, take some time to pause and to find a place to pray. Keep it simple. Here's our next part for us. How do we pray? Firstly, we keep it simple. Secondly, keep it real. Be authentic in your prayers. Now, back to our bad examples as found in Matthew 6-7. Jesus encouraged, when you pray... Don't babble on and on as people of other religions do, for there they think their prayers are answered only by repeating their words again and again. It's an interesting, isn't it? Don't babble, says Jesus. And babble, the word babble actually means to stammer or to repeat the same thing over and over again to use many idle words. Some suppose the word derived from Bacchus, a king of Cyrene who is said to have stuttered (laughs) others from Bacchus, an author of of tedious and wordy poems. But you get the idea to repeat the same thing over and over again. And it's very true. People of, of other religions we see, Repeat words over and over again to be heard. And a few examples in the Bible. It's exactly how the pagans prayed in one Kings eighteen twenty six, when Baal wasn't answering them. We read They called out the name of Baal from morning until noon. O Baal, answer us, they shouted. O Baal, answer us, they shouted. O Baal, answer us, they shouted from from morning from morning till noon. But there was no response. This also happened in Acts 19.34 where we read that the pagans shouted in unison for two hours this one phrase, great great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Again and again. And and we see that even in, in, in modern day religions, don't we? Hindu prayers are monotone and repetitious. Buddhist prayer chants, known as mantras, repetition of prayers for hours each day. And Muslim prayers, unknown often in unknown languages, simply repeated and repeated over and over again. Jesus encourages us not to babble, not to repeat in this form. I love this quote from Martin Luther who simply said, the fewer the words, the better the prayer. Isn't that great? The fewer the words, the better the prayer. And if we reflect on our lives, some of our most true, heartfelt prayers were often the shortest. I would have to say that the shortest and most popular prayer would have to be this simple word, help. <laughs> have you found yourself in one of those places where you cry out to the Lord, Lord, help, in, in, in one of those moments of despair as you begin to fall <laughs> As something as an incident's about to occur, just those those simple words help cried out from the heart. I read this pro- poem called "The Proper Way to Pray." I found it quite humorous and like to share it with you. It goes like this: "The proper way for man to pray," said Deacon Lemuel Keys, "the only prayer attitude is down upon his knees." "'Nay, I should say, the way to pray,' said Reverend Dr Wise, "'is standing straight with outstretched arms, "'with rapt and upturned eyes.' "'Oh, no, no, no,' said Elder Snow, "'such posture is is far too proud. "'A man should pray with eyes fast closed "'and head contritely bowed. (laughs) "'It seems to me his hands should be a steely clasped in front "'with both thumbs pointing to the ground,' said Reverend Dr Blunt." Last year I fell in Hodgkin's wellhead first, said Cyril Brown, with both my heels a sticking up, my head a pointing down, and I done prayed right then and there, best prayer I ever said, the prayinest prayer I ever prayed, a-standing on my head. <laughs> I wonder if that has been similar for you. Often the best prayers are those cried out, in the greatest need, without eloquent words, but with full intention and simple heart's desire to be heard. Jesus, is, his encouragement for us is simply to keep our prayers simple and from the heart. D.L. Moody once said, some men's prayers need to be cut short at both ends and set on fire in the middle. And John Bunyan once commented, when thou pray, rather let thy heart be without words than thy words without heart. Prayer that is real is from the heart. And so we're called to come in truth, in authenticity, with many words, but simply being real. And as we read many of the Psalms, I'm encouraged as I read many of the Psalms as King David came to his God, his Lord and Saviour. And in his prayers, the honesty of his prayers are amazing. There are times when he praises the Lord, there are times when he, he cries out in pain and in doubt and in anguish. His prayers were very real. And so for us, we are also encouraged to come with Prayers of the heart, no matter what they may be. Jesus also shares that we should pray with few words simply for God already knows our prayers. He already knows our prayers. There's no convincing. There's no proving. But I wonder, it makes you wonder, okay, well, if God already knows our prayers, so why pray? Why pray if he already knows? And I would answer in this simple way, to be with him. An anonymous pastor once wrote, I may not have anything specific to say to him, but I know I need to be on the line to him, talking with him, spending time in his presence, because I may not need anything in this world right now, but I need him. I need him. What beautiful words. And so my encouragement this morning is to keep prayer simple and to keep prayer real. And finally, one last thought and we read the words for this very thought in Luke 18 verses 1 to 8. I'd like to read this first. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she does get justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice? So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? What an interesting story. You see, this is our last idea as seen in the first line. How do we pray? keep it up, persist in prayer. In this interesting story that Jesus shares is this this widow who keeps coming to an unjust judge. And she persists, she keeps coming, she keeps coming. She finally wears him down. He finally turns around and says, okay, okay, I will do as she asks. And it's interesting because this is shared not because our God is like the unjust judge, no, in contrast, if even an unjust judge will be worn down by the persistence of prayer, how much more will your Father who loves you hear you and answer your prayers? And Jesus begins and shares this story with the encouragement so don't give up praying, persist in prayer, keep on praying. And I know this can be difficult because we often pray and pray. We often pray for the same thing year after year after year and we don't see any change. Persist in prayer. Take Jesus' words and persist. We often pray and God doesn't answer it the way that we like. And we can often feel disappointed by that. And so we give up. But Jesus says, persist in prayer, persist. This very idea also of unanswered prayer is is quite a large theme. And in the weeks to come, we're going to specifically focus on this whole idea for there are many reasons why God seems to not answer our prayers. But the encouragement is still there to persist in prayer, do not give up. I remember praying for family members and and friends to come to know Jesus Christ. I can remember praying for a, a particular person for years, more than a decade, and it became almost like a a point one of the points in prayer that was there every single every single week to the point that I didn't know how to pray it anymore and year after year it simply became the simple phrase, Lord, draw this person to yourself, may they come to know you. That was about it and I, I would move on. What was quite humorous is that, well this part's not humorous, it's actually a big praise point. They came to, to, to faith in Christ, thank the Lord. But what was humorous was this. It was so ingrained in my prayer life, I had re- repeated it so often that I would often fall to my knees and pray and it would automatically just spill out again <laughs> because I'd said it for so long. But praise God he answered that prayer. <laughs> and uh, We shared that actually on, uh, in our small group and a uh, few of the other gentlemen laughed and, and said a similar thing We all simply shared that it can be hard to persist in prayer, especially when it seems that those prayers are not answered. My encouragement is don't give up, persist, keep praying. Your Father hears your prayers, and in His timing and in His way, He's working out His will. Persist in prayer, don't give up. Keep praying. So in this season, in this time, when it seems that our whole world is falling apart, we need to come to our knees more than ever. And if you've been discouraged or you don't know where to start, I hope that you can just follow these three simple ideas that Jesus shares. Keep it simple. Get out of the crowds. Find your, find your private place to go and to bring your prayers to God. Keep it real. Come with the true concerns that are on your heart. Share what what really matters. And don't give up. Maybe you have given up on prayer at some point. Well, my encouragement for you is to, to pick it up again. You come back and bring your concerns to our Father who hears us. Keep persisting. And I'd like to ask and close in this simple way today. As we go, I'm going to pray and we'll finish up our time here together. But I'd like you to turn to someone. If, if you're in a home where you're watching with somebody else, I'd like you to simply turn to them and, and to talk this, this question through. And if you're on your own, maybe you could ring someone. Maybe there's someone that you can call or join the, the Zoom Uh, the foyer on on Zoom after the service and and share that there. But it's simply this, where can you find a secret place to pray this week? (laughs) Where is your secret place? If you've got one, share where your secret place is. If you don't have one, talk through this idea. Where could my secret place be this week? (laughs) Is it under an apron Is it hidden in the corner of a house? Is it with headphones on? Is it going for a walk or is it standing out at night looking at the stars? I pray that you may find your secret place. That you may pray and come to our Father who hears you this week. God bless. I'm going to pray. Father, as we talk about prayer, we come to you now, recognising the amazing privilege it is to acknowledge who you are and to come to you, Lord, with our our needs, our requests. So, Father, we ask and pray that you help us, Lord, burn in us, uh, continue to fire in us, Lord, a desire for you and for prayer. Enable us, Father, to keep it simple. Help us to, to find a secret place in our week, some time to just come to you, Father, where we can be real, authentic. Father, help us to persist, even when times are tough, even when it doesn't come easy, even when it feels at times that we're not even heard. Father, help us to hear the encouragements of Jesus Christ and to to persist, Father. Help us not to give up. Continue to place our faith in you. And in this time, Lord, we also bring our nation to you, we ask for you to be at work in our world. We need you more than ever. And in this, Lord, we pray for opportunities for people to come to you. Lord, to, to look beyond this world and all this world offers, Lord, but look to something deeper, Father. I pray that there will be a spiritual yearning, Lord, that is unopened, that is that is unopened in them, Father. And that people we'll start crying out to you like never before. Help us also to come to you, we pray. Help us to encourage those around us also, Lord, to look to you in all things. Give us boldness by your Holy Spirit. Encourage us, Father, we pray. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Go and have a wonderful day. Go and share that idea. Where is your place to pray with someone right now? Otherwise, join us on Zoom or come join the, the church meeting as well, the special meeting at 11.45. Otherwise, God bless. And look forward to seeing you in the days to come. Amen.